Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. It's me. You're probably going, wow, she forgot about us. She left us. I didn't forget about y'all. I was a little, I was once again in a breathing sort of slump. Uh, Or I don't know. My brain was just like, you know when you're like, brain, we should do X, Y, and Z. And your brain is like, yeah. And then you go to do X, Y, and Z. And your brain's like, actually, I like, I know we said we would, but we not. And you're just like, but brain, I thought we had agreed that we would do X, Y, Z. And the brain was like, yeah, you know, but no. So I was, I was having some of that. Um, you know, it's coming and going in waves and whatnot. Um, but I'm here with a new episode and this episode is, I'm very excited to talk about this book. I also feel like I may cry at some point. So apologies in advance if I start crying. Um, it's not my fault. It's just, it's that good. And so tears of emotion, my friends. So I want to talk about Layover by Katrina Jackson, which is also book one in the Bay Area Blues duology. I mean, I call it a duology because there are two books. That being said, these are both standalones. You do not need to read them in order. You do not need to... I was going to say you do not need to read both. That is a lie. You absolutely need to read both of these books. Uh, Do you have to read them one after the other? Nah. Can you read them in the opposite order? Sure. Like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter when you read them. You will need to read them at some point, but it does not matter when or how. Now, um, I've talked about Katrina Jackson before on this podcast. I'm a huge fan of hers. I had noticed, and I wasn't necessarily doing it consciously, but I had noticed that I had bought a bunch of books and hadn't read them. And I was like, that's odd. Because usually I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. And I go read immediately. But I realized after a while that I was doing that thing that I'd seen people talk about on the, you know, on the social media streets that I didn't think I did, but apparently I was doing, which was like not keeping books almost in reserve by like authors that you love so that at some point when you, you just needed, you know, brilliance, you could read it and it could be like this amazing experience, um, Sometimes people call them like, you know, the books that are sort of behind a a, a glass case and a breaking case of emergency. Like some people describe it like that, but just like, like, or some people talk about how like they just don't ever want to not have a new book by that author somewhere in their catalog. So instead of, you know, devouring their entire backlist and, you know, a crazy binge session of like just reading back to back, uh, they like, like to space them out and just always have one two three or more just sitting there already waiting to be read but not reading them just yet because like once you've read it once right of course we can always go back and reread and I'm a huge read like I love rereading but there's something to be said for that initial first experience of reading a book um so I don't think I consciously realized that I was doing that with Katrina's books but I was like I was on Twitter you know was already like oh you know life is difficult, all that, you know, crap, you know, all the, the horrible crap we're all seeing happening, um, consistently, because we're living in unprecedented times, uh, you know, history is being made, gross, um, but I was on Twitter, and I saw a tweet, 
I saw a response to a tweet. So then I usually sometimes when I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. But I want to know exactly what they're responding to. And then I click through and like see everything. And uh, someone had mentioned Katrina Jackson's layover. And a few people had responded like, oh, my God, yes. And then followed up with like, and then the second book. And I was like, wait, I own those. And I I haven't read them. And I own them. So why don't I? So I immediately like went to my Kindle, pulled up Layover, and uh, guys, <laughs> and again, I know that I have said this before, and if I haven't said any of these exact words, whatever, Katrina Jackson is a writer who brings us into a world and gives us so much with such well-written stories and the thing is like this is a novella this is not like some crazy hundred thousand word book it is a literal novella my friends um and yet the levels of of trying to think of how I can describe what like my brain is like it's weird because my brain is envisioning this almost as like a como se dice like an image which is a weird way to think about the way which a novella can contain all of the complexity that is absolutely necessary to create a beautiful life I don't know why my brain is thinking of it in in terms of um an actual like image and it's not even like a clear image it's not like I can describe it like it almost feels like colors I don't know that went somewhere weird and a little a little strange so let me bring it back to um you know something that we can all be like ah yes this makes more sense because I don't know where I was going but for a novella right like this is a complete book it, oh, there we go. It, I was looking on Kindle. It is 99 pages. 99 Kindle pages. That's it. Right? And you walk away from this novella with, first of all, a really fucking beautiful ending. Right? Like, it is an ending that is at for me both hopeful and grounded in such a fantastic way um but aside from that you walk away from the story just once again appreciating how much relationships and when I say relationships I'm talking about romantic and platonic relationships how much those matter, how much those mean to us, how much having them shapes who we are. Um, and like, I, I read this novella and I was just like, girl, Katrina, like, I don't know how she does it. I mean, other than you know, being brilliant, um, but she consistently brings just a there's a level of connection I feel with the characters and I don't know if it's empathy I don't know the words I'm not you know 
I read a lot, but sometimes I'm like, but me trying to describe what I'm thinking and feeling, all of a sudden I lose all words and I'm like, at this moment, I wish I could pull up gifts and memes, which if this was a video podcast, I could, but it's not. So that's the sad point. So it's just so, so well done. Um, If you're out there going, I don't even know what it's about. What's going on? Someone tell me. Um, I'm actually going to read you as the blurb. Uh, So this is the the blurb that's up on Amazon. Lena Ward is an unhappy travel blogger with a less than 24-hour layover in her hometown. She spends the day with Tony Dembele, a podcaster she's been flirting with for a few months online. In their brief time together, Lena confronts some hard truths about her life and her past, and the two test the waters of their connection. And for me, I was just like, oh, travel, blogger, podcaster, you know, all things I find fascinating. You know, this idea of a really long layover at home um, between, you know, this is not your final destination. You're sort of making a pit stop at home while before you continue on with the rest of your journey, which many of you might be like, I've never done that. I actually did that, I think, back in, it was September of 2019. I had, like, flown with a friend. Or, no, I'd had a, basically, I flew out to San Diego. No, lies. I flew out to L.A., met up with a friend there, hung out with him, saw San Diego, Tijuana, then flew up to Vancouver to meet my best friend, um, because she had gone to her cousin's wedding in uh, Haida Gwaii, somewhere in BC, mad north, um, and then was basically going to be spending some days with her mom in Vancouver. So I'd met up with her there, and then my return flight to New York, um, I'd actually found one that had like a, it was like a 10 or 12 might have been a 12-hour layover in Toronto where I grew up, right? And so I'm sure a lot of people would have been like, I don't want 12 or whatever hour layover in Toronto. But for me, it was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll be able to, like, leave the airport, swim by my parents' place, see my parents, whatever, whatever, and then go back to the airport, you know, for the rest of my flight um, home. It might have been an overnight layover. No, we, like, I don't remember now. I'm like, was it an overnight layover? Or was it like, I feel like we landed in in Toronto really early and then I was flying out late that evening. It was one of those. Um, So immediately I was like, oh yeah, like I could see that. Like when you have really long layovers, 10 or more hours, you can, you know, leave the airport, especially if it's your hometown. Like it's one thing when it's a layover in a city you don't know because, you know, are you going to necessarily feel comfortable, blah, 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 blah. When it's your hometown, it's like, okay, I'm going to catch, like, whatever, a cab to my house, whatever. And it was nice. I was able to eat a home-cooked meal, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, let me, you know, nothing about it, nothing about that premise to me was, like, odd. Like, I don't know if other people who never do layovers or even long ones are like, what in the world? But to me, I was like, yeah, totally got it. Makes sense. And I think I was going into this book thinking, okay, it's going to be this really, really, you know, I don't think I had an expectation, but I was like, okay, it's a podcaster and a a travel blogger. 
And it's going to be about either the podcast experience or the travel blogging experience. And Katrina was like, oh, girl. <laughs> oh, girl. No, no, no. Uh, this is going to be about um, grief, music, family, and connections. And I read the book sobbed and well no I started to read the book and then I was like wait a minute this book has is referencing songs um the way the book in which so the chapter headings in the book are not like chapter one chapter two it's a track list like you would find an album track one track two you know interlude uh skit it's a literal track list so I was like wait a minute there has to be a playlist. It's very possible that Katrina could have written this book and not created a playlist. But there was a part of me that was like, but this is not a book from like the 90s. Like this is a book written um, relatively recently. So I went to her website, found the book, and there was a link to a Spotify playlist. So then I was reading the book while listening to the playlist. Sometimes I had to like stop because I was like, oh no, I'm getting ahead with the songs um, that are being referenced. Like I'm too far and I need to like stop and keep reading till I get to the point where this song gets referenced. And I, I personally think that that added so much to the reading experience. Um, and for anyone listening, if you're writing a book where the songs you are referencing exist, right? And are available on a streaming platform. Whether or not you make it on Spotify, on Apple, on Tidal, on whoever, uh, I would suggest that you consider physically creating that playlist so that your readers can have that along with, you know, the book because it adds another layer in dimension to the story. Um, and so our, I mentioned our main characters, right? Lena and Tony. And what's really interesting is we start off this book, like we're with Lena for most of the book. Um, or maybe it's like, do they go back and forth? Like, I know that track, like track one is like, we're with Lena. Uh, I feel like we're, we're with Lena. It's not like some not. It's not like some romances where it's like one chapter, we're in the POV of the heroine. The next chapter we're in the POV of the hero. Next, you know, I don't think it's like that. Um, and I suck at being like being able to tell you what the POV is. Like, it's not we're not in the POV of a separated narrator from the two characters. So, yeah, I mean, I know I'm an English major, but I don't think we ever talked about that in detail enough for me to know. So anyway, um, so this story, like, um, oh, and I guess if you've never read this book and you hate spoilers, (sighs) it's 99 pages. I don't know that I can talk about this without spoiling it. And I guess I could, like, pause, but I don't really... Okay, so from this point forward, hear me loud and clear. I'm going to be spoiling it. Because, again, it's 99 pages. Like, mm. um, And I apologize if you hate that. 
So sorry. Go and read it because it's 99 pages. I'm going to come back and listen. And, you know, it'll be great. It'll be fine. I promise you. So we basically start this book with, like, Lena's back in Oakland, right? And she has her best friend pick her up from the airport. And, you know, then it's like they go back to her best friend's place. She basically changes and it's like she's going to go meet up with this podcaster. Now, what I also thought was interesting about this is, right, like, I think that sometimes we have these ideas or we, we, let me, let me, let me not do the royal we. Um, I sometimes think about, like, stories in the past of, like, people meeting uh, randomly on some street, whatever, and, you know, falling in love, getting married. And it's like, mm, okay. Um, but I think that today, for example, in today's day and age, we have relationships that exist in the virtual world, right? We we are friends or friendly acquaintances or, you know, more with people we meet virtually. And I don't mean Web3. I don't mean, you know, Facebook's meta garbage. I'm, I'm not there yet. I mean, just the connections and and community that you can create for yourself via Twitter, via Discord, via, you know, streaming on Twitch, via YouTube, via Instagram, via TikTok, Snapchat, the list goes on, my friends, right? And so it was really interesting because these two best friends are having this conversation of like, um, Lena's going to go and do this interview with this podcaster at his house because that's where his equipment is. Like, well, what if he's a serial killer? Right. And I thought, not that, oh, like, what if he's a serial killer? But just like this really interesting concept and idea of like, yeah, you're meeting, you're going to be meeting someone and doing work with them, but you don't actually know them. Like, you know what they've posted on social media, but you don't, it's that weird, like, you don't really know who they are. Because as many people say all the time, Instagram truly honestly, it's usually the highlight reel. There are times where people are like, let me be candid. Let me be real. Let me actually show you like the real behind the scenes of blah, 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 blah. But that's like maybe 0.5%. The rest of it, 99.95 is the highlight reel of people's lives. And sometimes that highlight reel is, you know, shrimp Alfredo with way too much parsley sprinkled on top. And sometimes that highlight reel is, you know, like, Yacht this, private jet that, hello, Tinder Swindler. Um, so you don't know this person. You know all of their high moments and maybe a few low ones, perhaps, but you don't know them. And they could, you know, be some psycho. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm reading. And we have these characters meet, and there's definitely chemistry. And then it's like, what's also really cool in the writing is we get like the podcast portions are as, are are, um, written as a, as a transcript, right? So it isn't, um, it isn't written like, and then the, no, it's a literal just transcript. And in, within this transcript, we find out 
that Lena, because Tony asked a question that I think anytime that um, black people are successful in what are considered sort of non-traditional spaces, I feel like that's a question that does come up. Like, how did your parents react to you, you know, not wanting to get a regular nine to five or go to college and all that? And like, you're a travel blogger or you're a podcaster, like, how, because so many of us grow up with parents who have very specific expectations of what we should do to achieve success. And for our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, the path to success almost always looked like getting an education and then getting a really great job working for someone. Sometimes you had, you know, entrepreneurs in the family. But like for many of us, the our, for our parents, the idea that we could be successful as travel bloggers is like, girl, what? As podcasters, what? You know, um, as what is considered just not like, like, but how? Like, how are you? How are you gonna get paid? Who's gonna pay? Who wants to hear right this or see this? And so it is within the context of asking that question that a massive truth comes out and that is that Lena's mother has passed and Tony's all like oh like I'm so sorry she's like it's okay like I've never talked about it so I wouldn't expect you to know and it goes on for a little bit more but then she fully breaks down and as we go more into the story one of the things that I think I really really appreciated was in a very sort of simple, not simple and straightforward, but I feel like Katrina's writing is really, really balanced and really like tight. It doesn't have extraneous words that aren't necessary. And she very easily and quickly conveys, Lena's mother has passed. It was unexpected. And Lena has been traveling since her mother passed. So all of a sudden, there's this a, there's this new layer, right, to her being a travel blogger and having gone all over the world, right? Because all of a sudden, it's like, oh, your mother has passed away and you have left home and basically never been back to stay. And that automatically is like, oh, okay, this is different. Um, and so for me, I was, I got to that point, and of course I was like, you know, sobbing and sad and whatever, because um, I'm lucky both of my parents um, are alive. But I'm also at an age where I now understand that they are older and that the time I have left with them isn't a never-ending stretch of time. The horizon, if you want to call it that, for the moment when they are no longer here, isn't invisible anymore. It is very, very much visible now. And that's a, that's a hard thing to come to terms with. So I cannot imagine what Lena had to deal with with her mother passing so unexpectedly. Um, 
this may seem odd to y'all, but uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting or just really immediately stuck out to me, um, Leah's mother dies of a heart attack. And it is, you know, her mother, she eats dinner with her mother and then the next morning calls her mother. Her mother doesn't pick up. Her sister goes to check on her. And, you know, the reality is her mother has passed. And she talks about her mother being tired and exhausted when they were eating dinner. And I, this was a number of years ago now, when I was doing uh, my associate's degree, uh, because I originally was like, I'm just going to go and get my associate's degree and figure out what I'm going to do for work. And then I was like, well, I already have two years. And I mean, you know, um, the school system I was in, in uh, the CUNY system in New York, when you graduate with your associates with like, I think a 3.0 GPA or higher or whatever, you can then apply that to like, you can then transfer to a four-year school to get your bachelor's. And basically like, you just need to get the other half of your credits. Like they basically count that as like half. So anyway, um, before I got to that point, one of the, one of the required classes, uh, was a speech class, which I remember at first being like, good God, I don't want to do this. Um, I'm kind of glad that it was a required class because, even just in general, like work situations, like you sometimes have to talk in front of people. Um, and I'm glad that it's like, it's still nerve wracking, but it's not like debilitating. So anyway, we had to pick a topic um, to talk about. And I don't remember if it had to be health. I don't remember why I picked the topic that I picked, but I ended up focusing on heart disease and heart disease in women specifically. And I remember as I did, you know, the research for my speech, finding out that heart disease uh, currently kills, I think heart disease was the number one leading cause of death. Um, aside from cancer, like it killed more people than cancer killed. And that it, killed women um and black women in ridiculously high numbers um and that heart heart attack symptoms in women were so different from heart attack symptoms in men and i think that that's becoming a lot more that knowledge is becoming a lot more widespread um i think a lot of that maybe also has to do with the fact that um when Rosie O'Donnell had her heart attack, right? She spoke about it. And because I, there, it's not like Katrina goes into all this detail about it, but because I already had information about the fact that like women die of heart attacks in significantly higher number, higher numbers than men, because men, when one of the things that seems to be kind of a norm, I know it's a generalization, but men, usually when they're having a heart attack, it is a major artery fault failing. And so if you can manage to fix that major artery, you're set. Women often have a lot of small arteries or small veins go all at once. And so it's just, there isn't, there, a doctor can't fix all of that damage quickly enough for the person, for the woman to survive. Um, and then the heart attack symptoms, um, which if you aren't sure about heart attack symptoms in women, um, I'm not trying to scare you, like, don't freak out, but, like, 
exhaustion, lower back pain, nausea, which I was like, girl, those sound like period, period pain, like symptoms. Like, what do you mean? Like, how's that a heart attack symptom? Like being tired, girl, what? Like, how many of us don't come home and we're like, I'm exhausted. You're never thinking it's a heart attack. Because, you know, what we had always heard was like, oh, you start, you know, pain uh, in your le- in your chest, left-hand side, right? Shooting pains up and down your arm. And like, and it's like, okay, there's that. But like, you can have neck, sorry, I looked up the list. You can have neck, jaw, shoulder, upper back or upper belly discomfort. You can have shortness of breath, pain in one or both arms, nausea or vomiting, sweating, lightheadedness or dizziness, unusual fatigue, and even heartburn. These can all be symptoms of a heart attack. And I was like, they can also be symptoms of my period. So am I supposed to, every time I get my period, be like, is this my period? Or is it a heart attack? Or worse, is it both? Um, So anyway, um, so for me reading that, I was like, oh. And it, it was something because I can't imagine, you know, um, what that must have been like for Lena and her sister to lose their mother like this, to know that maybe when you were eating with your mom and she was in discomfort, it was a heart attack, but you had no idea. So the grief in this book, like if you are triggered by parental death, I know I said everyone has to read this book, but if this is a trigger for you, either don't read the book or make sure when you read the book, you are in a emotional space where it won't cause you additional pain, right? Because I would hate that for you. Um, and then, uh, there was, there's a moment where Tony's kind of like, we can do this, you know, we can stop the podcast and we can do this when you're you know, feeling better. And she like asked him, like, are both your parents alive? And he was like, yeah, yes. And she's like, I obviously am really glad about that. And I don't ever want you to know, but there will come a day when you will understand that when you lose your parent. You will never be okay again. You know, you will learn to live with this pain, with this grief, with a sense of loss, but you won't ever be, you know, okay. And it really made me think of what I feel like we don't always have conversations about what it is to lose your parents. I think that there are conversations when a parent dies young, but I also wonder like, or maybe I'm just not in those rooms. Um, like, what are the conversations that maybe we should be having when we lose our parents once we are adults? Because it's like, oh, it sucks when you're a kid because you're a kid. But it also sucks when you're an adult, right? It also sucks. It, it's never not going to suck. I mean, obviously, that's generalization because you might have had a terrible, terrible parent. And even then, I still think it's going to be a very, very difficult time when they go. Um, so you might be thinking, oh, so this book is just about grief. It's about grief, but it's also about Lena having this connection with Tony. And this connection, we're talking about two characters who meet during this layover, and all they've had up until this point is some back and forth banter and flirting on like Twitter and Instagram. 
these are two people who uh, had met once. There had been like a, a podcasting, whatever, like um, social media type event, social media creator type event. And I think it was New York. And he saw her there and like got to talk to her and was basically like obsessed right after. And then like, you know, ends up meeting, ends up being able to like connect with her to do this podcast. And that's when he meets her. But it also feels very like, like it didn't feel like unrealistic or strange or weird to me. It was like one of those like, yeah, you saw her and were intrigued and you start to have this sort of like online connection that sometimes, sometimes we're all like, oh, online connections are cool and all, but they won't translate to the real world. And sometimes they don't. But sometimes they translate to the real world and become so vital and so strong. And they change the trajectory of your life. They change who you are. Or maybe not they change who you are, but they maybe put you on a different path than you thought you would be on. So I was like, oh really like this I really like this the other thing that um really really stuck out to me for this book music and how it was used um as I mentioned earlier there's a podcast or not a podcast blah there's a playlist right you can listen to the songs that are listed um and you can sort of through the music right see the moments that the music is brought up in and I kept thinking about Lena and all of her playlists um I've I know for a fact like when I first got Spotify um I've had Spotify for over a decade now um I was pretty sure I moved to the U.S. and I moved back in 2010 and I'm pretty sure I started paying for Spotify premium by like 2011 like I was just like I always need music on the go. Oh, and I didn't have, like, a, a, this was the time where people were still using, like, iPods um, and iPod Nanos and whatnot, MP3 players. And I had, like, this cute little MP3 player from Sony, but, like, you need a laptop to be able to download MP3s and whatever. And I think, like, for a period I had one, but then I didn't have one. And it was just, like, and I didn't always live somewhere where I had access to Wi-Fi that, you know, so it was just like one of those things where I was like, as soon as I was able to access, because I think I got like a, a really like entry level Samsung smartphone um, from Metro PCS. And as soon as I had that and I had, you know, was able to do uh, Spotify, I was like, because I rode the train everywhere. So I needed to be able to listen to it offline. So anyway. I thought it was really interesting because as someone who's traveled, I had never thought about creating a playlist for the place I was going to, right? But as soon as I read that, I was like, wait, that sounds amazing. Like, I understand, like, the idea of creating a playlist once you've been somewhere, but also, especially when you're going somewhere new, right, and you have that anticipation and you have these 
preconceived notions or ideas of what this place might be like or will be like what this experience is going to be like whether or not it ends up being that is I don't think the point at least for me I just thought it was really fascinating that she that the character Lena was like I'm creating playlists for these places that I go to I'm creating playlists that you know are always going to bring me back to this moment in time this memory this emotion um this place whether or not the place will continue to exist or not right because I think um there's a scene so Tony is like we can continue the podcast episode like we can continue to do this but I want you to show me you know the Oakland you know and love like show me your hometown and she brings him back to this like intersection and she talks about how and so certain things from that intersection are the same right but as especially for those of you who have moved away from your hometowns when you go home right if you if you go home there will always come a point where you will go home and something that was considered an institution when you were growing up is gone right you will always go home and be like oh, that corner looks different. Oh, that block looks different. Oh, that didn't exist, right? Because nothing is, um, nothing is, like, nothing is static. It is ever, ever changing, ever evolving. But with a playlist created at a certain period in time, and especially if you try, if you, you know, for example, you're going to, trying to think of a place maybe you're going to Montreal for their jazz festival that they have I believe in the summer so maybe you create a playlist of different jazz artists maybe you throw in some French Canadian artists because you're going to Montreal I just think of like that playlist existing right and being tied to that place in that time because what must it have been like to go to this jazz festival at its inception as opposed to you know, maybe it's going to happen, you know, summer of 2022, who knows, because no one ever knows what's happening with, with COVID and everything else, but I just kept thinking about, like, how fascinating that was, right, this concept of, like, Lena is out here creating playlists for the different, for moments in her life, but also for places, and what that must mean, and then I also wondered, like, what if she had, like, I thought about myself, like, what if I had made a playlist about what I expected, or a playlist for my trip to Paris, and then would I then create another playlist after having been in Paris, right, or for my second, and, you know, like, for my other trips to Paris, like, would I always go back to that first playlist I created for Paris, or would I create new ones each time I went? That, to me, I thought was fascinating, and I think if you are a reader, who's really, really, really into music. When I say really, really into music, I don't mean that you can, like, listen to something and know exactly what key it's in. Like, girl, oh, no. But if music is something that is, you know, sort of a part of your daily life, you are constantly thinking about it. She talks about, Lena at one point mentioned something about, like, how she had an Eastern EDM phase. And Tony was kind of like, Eastern EDM phase? Like, what? And she was like, yeah. But then she's then she says that it was the perfect sort of soundtrack for when you are 
in an unknown airport rushing to like catch your flight. And I thought about like, yeah, when you are, because when you're in your hometown airport, you know where, you know where the terminals are, you know where baggage claim is, you know, you have an idea. When you're in a brand new airport you've never been to, uh, actually, that same trip that I took up, up to, you know, the West Coast, I, to meet my friend in Vancouver, I didn't have a direct flight. Um, I had a flight with a layover in Seattle. I had to change planes, right? And we flew out of LAX late because, of course, we did. And I think I remember my layover was like an hour and a half, but because we flew out late, like, I had to run, but I also, I'd never been to Seattle's air, I'd never been to Seattle, right, this is literally, I've only gone through their airport this one time, I don't know the layout of this airport, I don't even know where my next, like, flight is, and it, it was the last flight of the night, so I knew if I missed that flight, right, I was going to have to sleep in the airport, and then figure out how to get another flight the next morning to Vancouver, Right. And I remember just freaking like being ready to spaz out. Like I was so like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I had to like as soon as I like I got off the plane and took off airplane mode, like looking up the map and it was like, oh, my next flight isn't even in the same terminal and I can't just run to it. I got to get take a little train thing and just like sprinting. And I now think of like, Oh, and if the soundtrack in my ears had been some, like, some crazy EDM music, it would have, that frenetic, high-energy pace would have totally matched it. I'm the kind of person who I will be walking down the street, okay, and certain songs come on, and I'm just like, yeah, like, they are the soundtrack to my day, to my life, to my existence. Um, I, I will, you know, in my head be like, I am like a character in a movie moving through the streets of New York with, you know, like I have been out and I'll be like, I'm going to play some pop smoke and listen, the way in which I carry myself when I'm listening to pop smoke is not the way in which I carry myself when I'm listening to Dermot Kennedy or when I'm listening to, um, Celine Dion or when I'm listening to, um, Kevin Gates, or I'm listening to Bad Bunny, like, having music constantly sort of be the background, be the soundtrack, essentially, right, I, listen, I'm the kind of person who listens to, like, cinematic scores, okay, like, I listen to the Black Panther movie score so much, uh, thank you, Ludwig Goransson, for that, right, there are certain Hans Zimmer songs that I'm like play them and I'm just like imagining like I'm not even imagining I'm just like this is just another added layer to like my current existence and so reading that in this book because that that's where my mind went and maybe you'll read it and that's not where your mind will go and that's okay but for me that was where my mind went I for me Lena was this woman who's crafting um, this, she's crafting these moments, no, that's not what I'm trying to say, she is capturing, now crafting, capturing moments in time through music, right, and in, in the case of the book, like, she's, you know, I, she would share them on her travel blog, and the people who were her avid fans, 
you know, we're listening and, you know, tuning into, which I also thought was really, like, sort of cool thing, right, that you follow a travel blogger who's, like, blogging about the place they're going to, but also giving you a soundtrack for that place. So even if you don't go, you aren't just immersed in their words about the place and their photos and or videos, you also get a literal soundtrack. Like if it were a movie, I was like, yes. I loved everything about that. Um, And so this book, right, was just, for me, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is incredible um, and wonderful. The other thing that I think really touched me in this book, um, because again, it is such a short book, but... Lena and her sister and their bond and everything that they've been dealing with because they lose their mother and Lena essentially runs away. So their her older sister, Lisa, is left essentially behind. And we find out that one of the reasons is Lisa looks so much like her, her mother. And so then, of course, it is seeing, you know mom all over again but mom is gone and there's a line where lena was like she just couldn't imagine walking down the street knowing that her mother wasn't walking down the street and i was like oh can relate to that um but on the flip side like tony because on one hand i do think we a lot of this book is about like lena in some ways like lena's the one dealing with all of this grief and whatnot. But Tony isn't just like, whatever. Like, Tony is this man who is, he's on that, when we start the book, he's just about to go to that next level in terms of, like, his work, right? Which I always think is so fascinating, like, or not fascinating, but You know, when you can tell that someone's just about to sort of really, really break out, right? That's where we meet Tony. And of course, Tony knows that he should be focused on like the fact that this is about to happen. But he's also so like focused on Lena and that his like focus on her only grows after they spend time together. Um, And I thought it was really like, well done that like they they don't have a full day together or they maybe have a day together not even it her layover is 19 hours like that's it and within it we see her with her best friend and her sister so she doesn't spend all 19 hours with him and yet the connection that is forged between the two of them in those 19 hours right um i've been like i've been watching love is blind season two um I've finished it. I'm now waiting for the reunion episode. And I feel like Tony and Lena have a better connection and a better understanding of each other than any of the couples um, on Lois Blunt. To be fair, Tony and Lena have been going back and forth on the interwebs for four months before they... Four months or no, maybe longer. Because there's a break between the layover when they meet up again. That's four months. But I don't know how long... It is from when he sees her in New York to when they actually meet in person. 
Um, Oh, no, they met once 18 months ago. Okay, so technically a year and a half of him, of them going back and forth and then meeting in person once. Um, so, okay, fine. Maybe the love is blind people. Like, they, they got 30 days, um, which is definitely nowhere near close to the same amount of time. But regardless, um, the amount of... Um, what's the, the Their connection is... Oof. Um, okay, I'm going to pause here because Anchor is like, ooh, girl, remember, segments can't be longer than, and I don't want to, like, get cut off. I'm going to pause here, and then I'm going to come right back. Okay, friends? Okay. Okay, so to continue gushing about this book, um, I think where it stopped was like, oh, I've been talking a lot about Lena, but what about Tony? Um, I really liked Tony. I liked that we very easily found out that Tony um, is a guy who, you know, was raised with parents who were like, this is how you should treat women. Um, and not just like certain women, all women. Um, I liked this seeing like, uh, there's a moment where you read where he like basically has his fridge stocked with like all of her favorite stuff that he's read off the blog and he was kind of like so everything on here could be stuff I eat except there's like one specific juice on there that you can only find in one supermarket in this area oh crap like what if she notices because like what are the chances she doesn't ever call him out on it I don't think she really even thought about it in those terms but I did like I really liked seeing how excited he was to see her, to meet her. I think sometimes when I'm reading romance, um, the guy is so like, whatever, um, or not whatever, but it's just like, I've read a lot of romance where it's like the woman is obsessed and or crazy about the guy and he has no idea or whatever. Or sometimes it's like, the guy's like, I need to be a certain way or act a certain way because whatever, I'm mine. Um, but we don't get that with Tony. Tony's just like, Tony felt really real and he was respectful and just, it was weird because I, again, I feel like we don't get a ton of Tony, but I was like, he seemed like someone that I like would be rooting for. I was like, yeah, you're going to get to that next level and your, your podcast is going to grow the one that you and your friend have been putting so much work into, um, which I thought was like, again, so well done that we get all of that in such a short story, right? It It's not like this is um, a long, drawn-out book with, you know, hundreds of chapters or whatever. It is, I'm going to say it again, it is 99 pages, y'all. And so I did, I did really, really, really enjoy you know, seeing him be, like, all nervous, like, what if she realizes I'm maybe, maybe bordering into creep behavior, and then, you know, when she tells him the truth about her mom, when she breaks down, he doesn't ever use any of that to, like, push her. I think it's because this is a very vulnerable moment for her, but it doesn't turn into, like, let me, like, press my advantage. He's very, like, no, like, Because I don't think that this isn't about him just being 
attracted to her. This is about him actually liking her. Um, and I'm going to reference Love is Blind People again. I don't know that any of the couples that were followed in season two, if those people actually liked each other, right? Um, I think that like there is a difference between loving and liking and you can love people who you don't like in the moment or whatever. Um, but I think that what makes a relationship so strong is when the two people in it like and, you know, love each other, not just like, like, like legitimately like each other and want to spend time with each other, but also want to make sure that the other person is good, that the other person isn't, you know, um, suffering like unnecessary hardship. The only thing I can think that might bother people, um, there is a four month, like almost radio silence window between the two of them um, after she leaves. But the reason for it makes sense to me. Um, and because I think he he likes her and wants isn't interested in manipulating her into wanting to be with him, wants her to want to be with him. And part of it is because his father, like, teaches him that, like, you know, unless a woman has opened a door for you to walk through, you can't do anything, right? It isn't until that they are saying, come be a part of my life, that you can be like, oh, okay, if not, uh, go do other stuff. Mind your business. Live your life. Um, But I think that he doesn't, I don't, because I can see how some people might read that and be like, oh, that's really mean. Like, why didn't she, you know, DM him or respond or whatever? Like, um, she kept him on red for four months, whatever. But I also think that, I mean, Lena knew that she needed to be in a better place emotionally before she could even consider um, looking for, like, trying anything out with him. And to me, I read it more as like their connection was so strong, was so impactful that even with that, you know, with those four months, what is that, 120 days? Yes, four times three, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, That even that, because I don't think that that is something that would happen again also. I don't think that that would turn into a common behavior from Lena because she also didn't give off that vibe. So, um. I really, I really enjoyed this book, guys. And I think, again, I I think everyone needs to read it. If you have had parental loss, this is going to be difficult. So if it's possible to read it at a time when you know you'll have support or just to go in prepared for that, right? Um, because I didn't know. Uh, because again, for Katrina books, I like just buy them. And then usually later I'll be like, oh, what was the blurb about? Um, and sometimes I don't even like think about the blurb. Like I might like look at the blurb after, like I definitely opened this book up and was like, because all like, she'll say like what it's about when it first comes out and I get all excited and I buy it. And then I'm like, by the time I go to read it, I'm like, oh, right. What, what, whatever. Um, but it is so well done. It is so well done. 
right? And I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm at an hour, if not a little over an hour, on a book that was 99 pages, okay? I have read books that are three times longer, right? 300 pages, and I haven't had as much to say because they haven't been as good. I'm so sorry. That's okay, you know, like, teach their own. But, like, Katrina is an author you need to read. Katrina is an author you need to have um, in your library. Um, her other pen name, Brandy Bush, uh, again, right? Brandy Bush is uh, the, her, wow, words. Under her Brandy Bush pen name, it's more erotica. It's not romance. Um, but, I mean, well-written erotica is fantastic, so hello. Um, but, yeah, but literally everything that I've read by her has been so good. And this, these two books, and the next episode is going to be about the other book. I had thought about doing an episode where I talked about both, but I was pretty sure that I was going to have enough to say that it would make it a really long episode. And I'm glad I didn't do that because again, I'm over an hour, I think at this point, and I've only been talking about one book. And I know, I know I'm going to talk um, about the second book a lot as well. So anyway, um, this duology, Bay Area Blues, you need both of them. Like, you need them. If you love romance, you need them. If you love music, you need them. If you love Black romance, you need them. You need these books, right? These books. And, like, the covers are both strikingly hot Black men. Like, oh my god. I would... Please, I would like one or both. I would think, you know what I mean? Like, they are just so well done. So you need them. Like, you absolutely 100% need them. Um, get them. If you've read them, go back and reread them. You're probably like, Esther's going to make me cry. I know. But sometimes a good cry is what we need. And she gives that to us along with a beautiful story. Okay, so I feel like that's all I want to say. Normally I would pause and whatever, but I'm like, I already paused. I don't feel like pausing again. So I'm going to launch right into gratitude attitude. Um, Oh my God, doing things a little bit differently. Oh my God, who could have imagined? Oh my God. Um, I don't know why I did that. I did that because I'm strange. Surprise. You're all like laughing like, we know that. Like, Thanks for sticking around, even though I'm a weirdo. Um, but anyway, back to gratitude attitude. What are some of the things that I've been thankful for? Well, um, one thing that I've been really, really grateful for, and it is, like, the silliest thing, but I don't care. So I have this, like, Sherpa-style blanket from uh, Target, and it is so comfy. Like, it is, I, like, wrap myself up in it, and I just feel so warm and cozy. And so since it's winter, and, you know, it's been weird because the weather has been doing this weird, like, it's really cold today, it's really cold today. And then the next day, it's like, oh, it's in the, ooh, what is it in Fahrenheit? The 50s. Oh, almost 60. You're like, oh, wow. And then you get, like, really nice weather for maybe two days. Maybe there's a bit of rain. And then, like, then it drops back down to below zero, and you're like, what in the what? There was a snow squall a, a few days ago. Like, the weather has been all over the place. So on the days where it isn't nice, I can just wrap myself up in this, like, Sherpa-like type whatever blanket, and it just 
feels so good. Like, I think that sometimes we don't necessarily think about how wonderful certain fabrics can feel against our skin or can feel against us and keep us cozy and warm. Um, And I just, I'm loving this blanket. Like, a part of me, I'm pretty, like, Target still has it. And a part of me is like, they're not going to always carry it because like the nature of retail, you don't carry the same product forever. You can, sometimes what will happen is the colors will change or whatever, but eventually it'll be like, this is no longer whatever in fashion or what there's a new, like something else is the main focus. And so it won't exist. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy a second one just so that I, you know, can have them for a while. I have it in like a light blush pink. Um, There was an olive color, like an olive green color when I first bought it that I really liked and I didn't buy it. And has that olive green color come back? Of course not, because why would I be so lucky? Um, So I think I'm going to go look and see what other colors um, and then, you know, whatever. The second thing that I am absolutely grateful for. So, and I'm sure I've said this before, but this week it's been really nice. I've gone to Trader Joe's like at slightly different hours, like early or like early for me. Um, so like 11 instead of like waiting to go after work. And the flower section is like fully stocked when I go at that time, because when I go after work, it's like, oh, half of everything is gone. Um, and usually what I do is I go and I look at different bunches of flowers like carnations or astrolomerias or whatever or the filler session and I just sort of put together arrangements based on like oh I bought astrolomerias carnations and baby's breath but this time I was like mm, I don't really feel like doing it that so I looked at their uh mini bouquets which are all $3.99 still and decided that I would get one for me one for my roommate um instead of what I normally do and so I really liked doing that right because like the bouquets are made up of different flowers and it's like to do the same, I would have to buy a bunch of different flowers and then I would have like nine bouquets and like, where am I putting them all in my apartment? So I was like, yeah, let me do that instead. And it's just, I know I've said this before and when I used to see or hear people talking about this before I did it, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But there is something to be said for seeing fresh flowers inside your home. And I think because, for example, I live in New York City. I'm on a fourth floor walk up. I do not have a garden. I do not, like, we don't have a rooftop garden. We're not in a fancy luxury building. We're in an older, you know, pretty sure it's a pre-war building. Um, So it's not like I can just, like, open my door and there's, like, bushes of roses or whatever the fuck outside my door. Like, my door is a hallway with, you know, like, people's, like, shoe racks and shoes out in front, right? (laughs) Like... I just don't have, like, abundance of, like, flora because I literally live in a concrete jungle. Um, And I made that decision, so I'm fine with that. But it is really nice to have just, like, flowers in my home. Just, like, be in my room and, like, flowers. To be, like, um, I sometimes do buy, like, extra flowers and then like have like a bouquet in the living room just like sitting it's really funny because like I know I need to get like a real vase but like I've been using uh my roommate had this like really large glass jar or like yeah jug or whatever not jar jug pitcher pitcher there we go I was like what is that thing called with the handle (laughs) 
I was like, what do we call it? Uh, she had this like large glass pitcher. And so like I put like the ones for like the living area space in there. Um, but it's just so nice to like look over and be like, oh, fresh blooms. So pretty. And it, it just brings color into the space. And it's just really nice. And I'm sure there are people who are like, but you can like plant. Fl- I'm not a plant person. Maybe at some point I'll get to that. Like I got to the same way that I got to having fresh flowers in the house. But at this moment in time, the answer is nah. Um, definitely not. Um, and then I guess the third thing that I am grateful for, um, I guess I'm currently grateful for the fact that I'm living in a space that isn't under immediate threat of war and that doesn't mean that that can't change at some point but it currently is not under threat of war and I'm I'm so grateful um and I know that because I am living in a space that isn't under immediate you know threat of bombing that I will have to you know figure out how I can help those who are um there are a lot of people uh, creating fundraisers that you can donate to. I do not speak any of the languages that, you know, are needed for translation. So I cannot help with that. If you do, that might be something that, you know, because you might be like, money is tight because, ooh, girl, cost of living it has risen everywhere uh, for everything. But if you are able to speak Ukrainian, then you can help with translation um I think even virtually so that's something to consider um but yes uh, unfortunately with all of the imagery on Twitter um it's not easy right now and if you have to take time away yes because as we often talk about and when I say we I mean me um it's like you want to be informed, but it's also there comes a point where you're no longer really informing. You're just <sighs> inciting a trauma response in yourself, and that's also not helpful. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm grateful that I don't have to worry about that at this moment in time. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you guys with this episode. Um, I think, I don't think I'm going to have a long, like, I have the notes for the next book, so I feel like I might just give y'all both episodes, either back-to-back or, like, a day or two uh, spaced out, um, because I want to, (laughs) and I can, Um, but thank you guys so much for listening, Um, I really do love doing this I've you know things have been a little bit crazy but I'm like let me get my shit together um and really just like because I really do enjoy it um and you're probably like really I'm like yeah girl I wouldn't have been doing it for this long if I didn't um so yeah anyway guys have a wonderful rest of your day a week and take care of yourselves Listen, drink water because being hydrated is important for so many things. I mean, 
one your skin right but also your organs need water but like also it's just good to be hydrated because being dehydrated leads to things like headaches like if you're going to go get like blood work done girl be hydrated or else it's hard to find your veins and then it hurts it's just wild um so yes um on that note i will talk to you guys later okay bye